So come on, let's welcome Pastor Tom Watson today. Come on. Let's go, baby. You got this. Good morning, City Hope Church. It is so, so very good to be with you again. I love coming out every single time I come to City Hope Church. You know, I, I feel like speakers have to say that, you know, like, I always love to be here. I really do. I just love coming here. I always come and I expect, like, I'm going to encourage these people. And when I leave, I'm like, I, I think I'm the winning side of that equation. I was more encouraged than they were. And, and I'm just so grateful to, for you as a church. You're, you heard that we're going to be launching this church. We're going to be planting a church, Five Stones Church. And, and you heard that conversation that, that we had. Um, what he didn't say is that he's the very first person I called. Uh, he's been my best friend for years. And uh, I didn't know who else to call. So I called him up and I said, hey, I'm thinking about planting this church. Talk me out of it. And he said, no, I won't do it. That's what, what the Lord wants to do. And, and um, he, he supported us when, and, and encouraged us when nobody else could or would. And so I'm grateful for you and um, Annalise. I don't know uh, what, I, I shudder to think what Deborah would do without you, um, really do. So um, just don't go anywhere, okay? Uh, I appreciate you so much. One more time, City Hope. Let's just honor our pastors today. Come on. They're so good. We love you. Love you so very much. And your family. You mean so much to me. Um, so, so we do. We're, we're going to continue in this series, The Signature of God. And uh, throughout this series, we're talking about how if you, if you know an artist, right, if you were to study an artist, you would know their style very easily, right? Like the more you know the artist, the more that you see them, the easier it is to, to pick out their art a million miles away, whether it's like the impressionistic style of a Gauguin, or maybe it's the swirling styles of Vincent Van Gogh, or, or maybe you're not even an art fan, and you, you probably have at least heard of Pablo Picasso, right? You've probably seen his work. He's the guy that paints people that look like this, Right? <laughs> And so, like, you don't even have to study a bunch of art. You just see a Picasso, and you say, I know a Picasso a million miles away. You're the exact same way. You're a masterpiece that God put together. And, in fact, we've been talking about this, this theme verse that, that, that has been the entire theme verse of this series, which is Ephesians 2.10 that says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us to do. And, and one of the reasons why I think that it's so easy to pick out one of these works of art, it's because those artists kind of put part of their heart and soul in every piece of art that they do. God's done that exact same thing with you. And instead of just being a regular artist, the artist himself is God. And he put inside of you, he placed you together in your mother's womb, Scripture says. He knit you together inside of there, and he has a purpose and a plan for you. And when he did that, unlike a painter or a sculptor, right, who does their best to kind of make a piece of art that would move you, the difference is God as the artist has designed you as the masterpiece with the ability to place the artist inside of the work of art. That's what he's decided to do. He made you different, different from all other creations with the ability to actually inhabit the work of art. And, and, and what greater signature of an artist is there than that? And that's, that's exactly what I want to talk to you about today is that power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, that, that phrase, baptism of the Holy Spirit, happens a whole lot of times in Scripture, so you've probably seen it before. Um, but, but when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a lot of times um, we, we come at this concept from a lot of different angles. Like, like, there's likely three different groups, or maybe more, of you here today. When you hear that phrase, baptism of the Holy Spirit, the background that you come from, 
allows you to approach this in, in a lot of different ways. Like maybe you came from a, a charismatic or Pentecostal background, and, and, and the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was likely emphasized in that while you were growing up with that. Or, or perhaps you're here and you came from like a denominational background and, and the Holy Spirit was, was talked about, but probably not the power of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there, there's probably even a third category of people here today that grew up uh, not in church at all. Like me, you grew up Orthodox heathen, right? You know? And, and so when I say baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And if I could be honest, you're probably the easiest group to talk to. Because we all come at this thing with a whole lot of different backgrounds and a whole lot of preconceived notions about what we're going to say. And, and, and so no matter where it is that you come from and whatever your background is today, I just wonder if, if you could just be receptive to thinking that maybe, possibly, I could come at this and, and hear something new and fresh about the Holy Spirit today, a new revelation from God. And so if you'll do that, then we'll go after this today. So, so if you have your Bibles or if you want to look on the screen, we're going to go to a, a book in Galatians, the book of Galatians, chapter 5. And, and this is what Paul says in there. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you're keeping notes or if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. This is really important and pivotal. Number one in your notes, this is a benefit of being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the power to overcome sin. So what I want to do in the next few moments is just give you some of these benefits. So, so be like a, a good salesman. I want to tell you some of the benefits that have come with being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of the service, you, you can make a determination if you want more of that in your life. That's the first benefit that I know. You have the ability and the power to overcome sin. So Paul said, we, we have, if we walk by the Spirit, some translations say live, in other words, it, it, it's a present tense verb. It's something that's going on. It's not a one-time experience. But he says, if you do that, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Like, how many of you, that, that sounds appealing. Like, I would like that in my life. Like, uh, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever had something robbed from you because of sin? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm raising mine. Because I, I, I do not like sin, right? It destroys me. It steals from me. It destroys relationships around me. It tries to damage me and ruin me. And I don't want it in my life. And so if we keep reading, it says, for the flesh, right? Which that's your sinful nature that we're all originally born with. He said, for the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what's contrary to the flesh. So they're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. You, you, let, me, let me try and summarize this for you. The Holy Spirit and your flesh are never going to get along. They're never going to be BFFs. It's just not going to happen because there's always constantly a conflict. So what ends up happening is you don't do the things that you want to do. And, and, and so what happens uh, from time to time is that we experience the temptation and the sin is, is presented to us. How many of you know, like me, that you really do want to sin? Yeah, you want to sin. My, my first inclination when, when temptation comes my way is to sin. I want to do the things. I, I want to overeat. I want to medicate. I want to look at the thing I'm not supposed to look at. I want to say the thing I know I'm not supposed to say. Some of you are looking at me like I have lobsters crawling out of my ears. Be real. You're that way too, right? Can we take off our Christian mask for a minute and just be real in church today? Like we want to sin. That's what we really want to do. Every time that we're, we're tempted, we want to say yes. And, and, and when we're tempted, if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, then something else rises up inside of you. It, it rises up inside of me when I'm tempted, and it says, no, Tom, don't do that. 
Oh, you're so much better than that, Tom. If you knew the plan that God had for your life, you wouldn't do that because you can't fathom how good God thing, the God thing that he has for you is. Don't do that because it's going to cost you more than you want to pay. And it's going to cost you to stay there longer than you want to be. And that rises up inside of me. And when that happens, I turn away. I can turn away from the sin. Do you know the Bible says that you're supposed to flee from those lustful passions of your youth? Flee and run away from them. What causes you to be able to flee from those things? Is it, is it just self-discipline? No, you don't have enough self-discipline. Your flesh will win every time. Try to discipline yourself. And discipline is good. You'll last for a little while, but if you don't have a life filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't have enough discipline to overcome the flesh. Because the flesh is a powerful master. He wants to master over you. He wants to, to make you his slave. That's what your flesh wants to do. And, and, and if you don't have this self-discipline, if you don't have enough self-discipline, you have to have the Holy Spirit that rises up inside of you and says, no, don't do that. I'll give you a, a personal example that happened in my life. One time we went on a missions trip to Haiti. And we spent the week in Haiti. And Haiti has the heat of Texas and the humidity of Alabama. I mean, like, it's like the, the best of both worlds there. I mean, it was probably 105 degrees there and incredibly humid. And we spent that whole week ministering. We were out there ministering and serving. I was preaching at different men's conferences, and then we'd go from there, and we were building stuff for an orphanage. Like, we just poured out. It was me and two other guys, and we met up with a whole lot of other churches. And, and, and all of these people, for the whole week, we just served, and we gave out, gave out, and we poured out, and poured out, and poured out. And the guys, what we got to do is we got to sleep in a concrete block room with no windows and, and a broken air conditioner that was a lot like an old man breathing lightly on you, you know? So it's like, I mean, it was just, it was awesome. So it was, if it was 105 in the middle of the day, it was probably 90-something at night, and we're just sweating, it, and you couldn't go outside because the mosquitoes would eat you up. And so, you, like, we, we just sat there and kind of dealt with it. But, but we were happy because we were ministering, and we were helping people, and just serving and giving and giving. Well, by the time the week got done, we were so tired. We were ready to get back home to our families and to our kids and to air conditioning, bless Jesus. And, and so what we had to do is we had to leave from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and fly over to Miami, and then there was a connecting flight, and we would, we would get on that plane in Miami and fly back to Alabama. So we left Port-au-Prince, and it was great. It was fine, no problem. We got to Miami, but when we got to Miami, it was a smaller plane. So, so we, it was at the end of the terminal, and uh, normally, you know, they get on there and they say, okay, now boarding, flight 4753, and, 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 you know, you get on with your group, but not this plane. This plane, they said they were just going to call your names. And so we, stood, we sat there waiting for our name. Now, we're ready to get home. So we were paying close attention. And all of a sudden, when it was time for the plane to, to depart, the screen says closed. The, the plane's taking off now. So all of us looked, and we, we ran up there, and I said, hey, hey, we're, we're supposed to be on that plane. And they said, no, Mr. Watson, I'm sorry. This, this plane is leaving. And I said, it's right there. Just open the door back up. We'll get on, you know. And they said, no, we can't do that against the rules. We, once they close the door, it's over. And, and then they just walked away from me. She wouldn't talk to me anymore. And so I looked at my group, and I said, well, we're going to go to the airline counter. We're going to get a flight out of here tonight. Come on, guys. So we went to the, to the counter, and I said, hey, listen, we got to get to a place. They wouldn't even give me the time of day. They took off. Now, before I met Jesus, um, I might have handled that, you know, in a little bit of a different way. And, uh, but but I was, I'm tired and, and we'd given out, and we poured out, and we poured out, and we poured out. And, uh, and so I, I decided I was going to get on the phone and make a phone call. I'm not BC before Jesus' days. This was a dangerous item in my hand. Because I'd, I'd fight at the drop of a hat, and I'd drop the hat, you know. 
And, and so I, I said, guys, you just stay right here. I, I'm going to go make a phone call. And so, so the guys I was doing ministry with and all these other young, young missionaries, they were all there, and I kind of crept off to the side, and I got on the phone, and I explained to them how they needed to take care of us for this error. And when I came back to the group, I said, guys, don't worry about it. I got it all fixed out. We can't fly out tonight, but I got our hotel paid for. I got our dinner paid for. I got our breakfast paid for. I got vouchers for all of this different stuff. And one of the guys in the group said, oh, I bet you did, Pastor Tom. And I, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I wanted, when I saw you walk off to make that phone call, I, I thought I'd go with you and see if you needed anything. And boy, I heard you on that phone. Now, while I was on the phone, that voice inside of me was saying, stop, Tom, don't do it. But I was like, not now, Jesus, I'm in the middle of a good mad. And, and I was really getting into it, you know, and I got all of these things, and I thought, man, I've got this going and everything. And, and, and that guy said, man, I saw you, and I heard you, and I heard what you were telling him. In fact, I took pictures. I said, what? You took pictures? Yes. Yeah. So I thought I'd share them with you today. Go ahead, guys. Let's just show them. See, like, here we go. Just scroll right through that. This is cathartic for me. Like, see, what I'm probably doing is telling them scriptural truths at this point. Like, I'm really deep and, and encouraging them in the Lord. That is not what I'm doing at all. I'm giving them what for. <laughs> I was telling them what it was. And in that moment, when, when, when that person got that, the, the camera out, he took all those pictures. When he showed me those, I was instantly convicted. I thought, I'm supposed to be the pastor here. They just watched me minister and, and speak to these people in Haiti, and now this is what they saw out of me when things got tough, when things got difficult. And, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit then, after the place, it said, Tom, you might have won the battle on that phone call, but you lost the war. And so my question for you this morning is like, when, when something like that happens, when the temptation comes up in you, is there anything that tries to argue with that temptation? Listen, can we just be real this morning? Can we just take off our Christian masks and be real? Temptation is all around you. We can't live in this life without being tempted. You can't walk down the street. You can't drive in your car. You can't turn on your TV. You can't open TikTok without being tempted. I mean, temptations are literally everywhere. Temptation is not the problem. It's saying yes to the temptation. That's the issue. And I can push back for a little while, but the Bible says that my flesh has declared war against me. And so we need the Holy Spirit fighting against ourselves and our own flesh. So one of the first benefits that we have of living a life filled with the Holy Spirit is that we get to overcome that. Here's the second benefit of living a life filled with the Holy Spirit. We become passionate witnesses. This is what happened in the book of Acts. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said this. He told them, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. You know what a witness is, right? A witness just tells their side of the story. If you were in the courtroom, you would say, this is what I saw. This is what's changed me, and you would do this. And so here's my question to you. What's the last time you had a brand new story with God? When's the last time that God's done something in your life that you had to talk about it? Or are all your stories 5 and 10 and 15 years old? See, here's what I found. When, when I'm living a life filled with the Holy Spirit, I've got fresh stories. I've got new stories that God's doing something new with me. And, and here's an indicator that, that I'm not living a life that's filled with the Holy Spirit. All my stories are old. You know what happens when you have an old story? You can't tell it passionately. You, you just can't tell it the same way. 
This is the reason why those believers that were in that room, that were cowardly and hiding and scared for their life, then suddenly became bold, busted out of the room and said, I got to tell you something. I got a story to tell. I got to tell you what God's done here. This is the reason why Peter got out there and said, I'm going to preach a message today. And 3,000 people got saved because suddenly he had a boldness because he's got a new story to tell. When when the, the Holy Spirit is filling you up, it gives you a boldness. This is the reason why you'll go tell your friends about City Hope Church. You, you, you got a six-pack today, you'll come back and say, Pastor Ben, I need a whole case. I got to go tell some people today about City Hope Church because I'm excited. And God's doing something new inside of me. And people need to know about it. So, so when you're living a life that's filled with the Holy Spirit, that's a benefit. You'll be a bold witness. Here's the third thing that happens. We're introduced to spiritual gifts inside of you. Paul says that you've got a whole list of gifts in the book of 1 Corinthians This is what happens. He says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. And I ask this question, does that exclude anybody? No, that's every one of us so that we can help each other. And he goes on and he says, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Keep going. And and, and to the same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or another. Still another person gives the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. We'll get back to that one in a minute. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So Paul says that that inside of us, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we get amazing gifts. See, God's a good God. He's a good father, and he likes to give gifts, and he says, I'm going to give you some gifts. Now, let me tell you something. You're not doing anybody any favors by not using your spiritual gifts. In fact, I believe you're robbing the house of God by not using what God has given you. And so my question to you is, do you know what your spiritual gifts are? If not, right after, you need to get to growth track. Because what what they'll do is they're going to help you determine that. You're a completely different masterpiece from the person on your row. God has put you together differently. He gave you individual gifts, unique and separate and different, for the good and the building up of the church, for for the help of one another. So if you don't know your gifts, you need to get to growth track and find out. And, And if you do know your gifts, when was the last time you used them? When was the last time you started utilizing the spiritual gift? See, this is a good indicator to know whether or not I'm being filled with the Spirit. Because if you're living a life filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be using your gifts regularly. Here's here's another benefit, the last benefit that I'm going to list for you today. We pray more effectively. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to pray more effectively. Paul says in, in the book of Romans, he says this. He says that in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Has somebody ever popped into your mind in the middle of the day? Like, like randomly, like I, I just, I don't know why, but they just, they just popped in my mind. And the Holy Spirit will tell you, pray for him. Pray for her. There'll, there'll be times throughout the day, um, you know, and I'm grateful that my kids are in public school, but, but because they're in public school, it gives me an opportunity to pray a lot for them. Because I, I don't know what they're facing that day. I don't know what they're up against. And so I could be in a meeting, I'll sit there and I'm in a meeting and all of a sudden, my, my, my kids pop into my head. Tom and Joe and Elizabeth, I'll see them, and, and I'll start to pray for them. Right there in the middle of, of the day, I feel like the Holy Spirit say, pray. And, and, and the truth is, 
is I won't know until we get to heaven what will the purpose of that prayer. Sometimes some of you I've met or some people in our church or your pastors will, will pop into my head and I don't know what, what it is that's going on right then, but I will just stop and I'll pray for them. Now, how do I know exactly what to pray? Well, this passage is real clear. It says there are obvious things that you should pray for, but there's some things that you just don't know. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit asks you to pray, you can pray. Now, now I, I could give you a lot of examples about this, but probably one of my favorites is this one. When my wife was pregnant with my son, Tom, um, it was our first, our first son, and our first baby, and, uh, and I was at work, and, and I don't know if they still do this. Maybe one of you ladies who's gone through this could tell me, but there used to be this pregnancy test that they would give you. You had to drink this stuff, and, and, and as a result of it, they would, they would give you the results, and they were a, a group of numbers. And from those numbers, they would determine whether or not your child was healthy. And so I came home from work one day, and my wife was just in tears. And it was like I was used to, like, pregnant tears, you know. But this was different. And I said, what's the problem? What's going on? And she said, we got the results back from that test. And I said, oh, yeah? And she said, there's three groups of numbers, and all the numbers are high. And the doctor said, that will likely mean that your child will be born with a birth defect. And so, man, it, it took us to our knees. We're like, oh, my gosh, our first baby, we, we weren't prepared for any of this. And so we just stopped right there. I grabbed my wife's hand. I grabbed my mom's hand. And we just started praying. And we prayed, man, a, a petition, come down heaven prayer. And, and we said amen. And if I could just be honest with you, I wasn't at ease yet. In fact, the doctor said it would, it would be a couple weeks before we could take a, a deeper test on that. And so during the week, I would get nervous and I would start to think about it. Because here's the thing, I'm not a geneticist. I don't know what to pray. I would tell God, God, I'm not a geneticist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what to pray for in these ways that, to, that, that you, can, you can work on that, that child and, and fix them, Lord. And so you know what I did? I started to pray in the Spirit. Yeah. I prayed in the Spirit. And every time I started to feel that anxiousness or worry come up in my spirit, I, I pray again and I pray again and I pray. And then we went back to that doctor and we sat in his office and they took, they had taken the test, she had taken the test again and we sat across from him and he said, you know what, it's the weirdest thing. Um, These results that came back, uh, they're totally fine. They're completely in line where they need to be. Your your child won't have a birth defect at all. Come on, give God praise for that. He did that healing. See, here's what I think. Inside Deborah's womb, God was putting things together. God wanted me to agree with the things that needed to be prayed for. Could, could there be at this exact second right now something that God wants you to pray about that you don't even know? See, I think God is looking for willing participants, people that will respond with them, so, people that, will, that are filled with the Spirit and will pray things. See, I don't want to pray a general prayer when something specific is necessary. And this is what living a life filled with the Holy Spirit is like. It's a great adventure that God designed for us to live and experience. Now, let me ask you this question. Has anything that I've talked about sound weird or spooky? No, I mean, every, uh, everything does, that I've talked about doesn't sound bad. It, I didn't talk about any hysterical actions or being out of control. I haven't talked about anything weird. I just talked about living a life free from sin, about discovering your spiritual gifts and praying more powerful and effective prayers. I, I think all of us would agree those are good things that we want more of in our lives. But you might still be sitting there and saying, but what about, because I've seen some people and they're a little weird, Right? They, they talk about the Holy Spirit, and, and maybe you've seen somebody behave or act foolishly before. Let me tell you something. Our God is a God that brings order out of chaos, all right? Our, our God is, is not the author of confusion. God, the Holy Spirit is kind and gentle and compassionate, and he will never possess anyone. 
He never has, nor will he ever. He will not possess you. He won't cause you to act foolishly. And if you have seen some of that, I just want to say, I don't think you've seen what God intended. And if I could just talk about the elephant in the room, you might be thinking about like, well, what about this, this whole speaking in tongues thing? Well, well, we just read it. Paul said that's one of the gifts. It's not the only gift, but it is a gift, and it's a good gift that, Paul, that, that God has given us. And you might say, well, yeah, but, but I've seen some people talk about the Holy Spirit, and they're weird, man. Well, here's the thing. They're weird people, all right? They'd be weird if they were talking about football. They're just weird, right? They're, the Holy Spirit's not weird. The people are weird. And, and when you see them operate in that way, it can be, it can be off-putting. It can be confusing. And, and, and there's a reason why um, Paul says that things need to be done in a certain order. I experienced that in my life. When I was an unbeliever, my mom dragged me to church. And, uh, and there was a church service. And, and while the preacher was preaching, you know, they had worship and the preacher started preaching. And right there in the middle of the service, this woman just stands up. And she starts speaking in a language that, that was bizarre and strange to me. And I thought, what in the world is it? And everybody was acting like it was normal. They were just looking at her while she was speaking in this unknown language. You know, I tie my bow tie, you tie your bow tie. And I was thinking, what is happening right here? How come I'm the only one that doesn't think this is normal, right? And, and then once she finished up, she sat down and they just moved on with the service. And I had no idea what was happening. And I went away and thought, well, that was strange. Maybe she's from another country. And then the next week, my mom invited us to come back. We came back to that church, and around the same time in the service, here come the same lady. She stood back up, and she said, I should have bought a Hyundai instead of bought a Nissan. And, and, and she's just going, you tie my bow tie. You know, and like the whole thing was happening there, and I was thinking, what is going on? This is weird. Is nobody going to acknowledge this? Because as soon as she was done, she sat back down, the preacher went back to preaching, and I was completely turned off by this. I said, these are weird, crazy people. I'm never coming back to this again. Paul said, that's exactly what will happen. Because he says this, I, I love the way Paul puts this. He, he says this in verse 18. He says, follow the way of, no, not, not, not yet. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. There it is. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. See, he says there's an order to this thing. I, I want you to, to utilize this gift, but utilize it in a right way. Like, like if I had a gift, I could give you the gift of an AR-15, right? A big old machine gun or something. And I could give you that, and that's a big, powerful gun, and you could have a good time at the gun range, or, or you could protect your family with it, or you could defend your country with this, or you could take it and mow down a bunch of people, right? Because you can choose what to do with this thing. Paul says there's a, it's a gift. Use it responsibly. See, the Holy Spirit is not weird. That gift is not weird. You know who I think is trying to make it weird? The devil. Because I believe he knows what this church would be, what City Hope would be like if everybody was filled with the Spirit and acting in their spiritual gifts, using them in the correct and responsible way and, and using them in a powerful way. He knows exactly what this church would look like, and he's terrified of that. And so his plan is, I'm going to take one gift and, and, and focus in on it and make it look really weird and strange so that every one of us will say, man, I don't want to have anything to do with it. That's weird. That's what he wants to do. That's his tactics. But I'm going to tell you right now, City Hope Church will never be the, whole, the church that God intended it to be until we're doing this. We're finding out our spiritual gifts and using them. Amen. And, and so how do you live a life filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, let me ask you this, or let me tell you this. If anything that I describe to you um, in any way sounds appealing, then, then this is what you need to do. It's just two simple things. And here's the first one. It starts with preparation. It just starts with preparation. The Holy Spirit and Jesus 
are, are gifts of grace. You don't do anything. There's no work that you do to receive it, but you can prepare your heart. Now, I, I don't mean to offend anybody by saying this. I don't know, maybe I do. Um, you're full of something, okay? I'm full of something. But, but we're not full of the thing that God wants us to be full of, right? God wants us to be full of the Spirit, and we're full of all kinds of stuff. Now, here's the thing about preparation. It's rude. It would be very rude for you to just come over to somebody's house, knock on the door, and say, hey, I, I want to spend the night here and eat your food. That's rude. Some of you are looking at me like, that's rude? I do that all the time. Stop doing that. Yes, that's rude. Okay? That would be a very rude thing to do. But let me tell you what's not rude if somebody invited you. Right? And you said, hey, come over to my house. I got a place prepared for you. I, I want to feed you tonight, and I want you to stay here. That wouldn't be rude at all. And that's exactly what we need to do with the Holy Spirit is we invite him. And we prepare a place and make room in our hearts. Look at this verse in Acts 1. It says, it says they all met together. They were in this upper room. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. And you, you, this, this is what Jesus told them to do. He said, remember, he told them, just wait on me. Stay here, wait on me. Go to Jerusalem and wait. And when you do, you're going to receive power. And so they listened to Jesus. They were obedient. And they sat there in that room, and they prayed, and they confessed their prayer, and, and they asked the Lord to come. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that the Holy Spirit would like to come to a place like that? Yeah, absolutely. But he's not going to do this. He's not going to come in here and shove things out of the way and take over, because that's just not who he is. And so when they met there in that upper room, they prayed, and they confessed, and they worshiped, and the Holy Spirit came. And so it starts with preparation. And let me tell you this, it also continues with preparation. That's, that's how it keeps going. So I have a, a very high-tech, high-dollar uh, illustration for you, City Hope. Because I'm a church planner, and that's about as much money as I can afford on you. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but look, is this balloon, okay, I have a balloon, is this balloon fulfilling its purpose? No. Why? It needs to be filled with something, right? It could be filled with all kinds of stuff. We could fill it with water. We could fill it with helium. It could be filled with good old H2O, right? And here's what happens. When, when we come to Jesus and we say, God, I, I confess my sins, and, I, I, and I, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me, and then I say, God, I've prepared a place for you. Will you come? And then what happens is just like it happened in Genesis where God formed a man out of the dirt and he breathed on them, and it's just like Jesus did to the disciples when he breathed on them. Then we say, come, Lord. And you know what happens? This is what happens. He fills us. Now is this balloon doing what it was designed to do. It's received its purpose. And so it's got what, what God wanted it to, 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 to have. It's, it's being filled. But here's what happens in life, right? Life comes. And work comes, and ministry happens, and my mother-in-law, and those kids, and the bills, and the next thing I know, what happened to all the air that was inside of it? What happened to all this stuff? We say, oh man, let me give you a deep theological truth today. We leak. We're leaky vessels, right? Well, I mean... We have these amazing Sundays and these amazing moments with God, but it doesn't stay. Where does it go? Life takes it from us. Ministry takes it from us. People take it from us. Listen, I love being a pastor. I know your pastor would say the same thing. We love being a pastor, but after Sunday, we're wiped. 
right? You're probably doing this too. Like after you serve on the dream team or after you're going to work and, and you're inviting people and, and after the week comes, man, you're wiped and you're tired and you feel wore out and, and, and you need time to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to fill me back up again. Fill me up. Now, wait a minute. You say, Tom, I thought you, you, you came to know the Lord years ago. I thought you, you were filled with the Holy Spirit years ago. Yeah, and about, after about three months, it started to look like this, right? Be- because it takes it out of us. Look at this passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 4. It says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, now, wait a minute. This is Acts 4. Just two chapters ago, he was in that upper room and he got filled. Why now does he suddenly have to be refilled again? Because life takes it out of us. Life pulls that from us. We have this one-time amazing encounter with God. And it's important and it starts like that. It's like an invitation to a wedding. An invitation to be married. What if you, you had a wedding? And man, it was the wedding of all weddings. It set the standard of all weddings. The the newspaper came out. It was amazing and you had all the stuff. What if you had all of that? And then after that big wedding, you barely talked to your spouse. And you hardly lived with them. This is what happens to us. Look, it's important that we have this one-time invitation where we talk to God and we invite him. We prepare our hearts and say, come in. But then God wants you to live a life with him. Maybe you feel like this balloon today. Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit once before, but but you're you're here and you're feeling like that balloon. You feel drained and empty. If that's you, I just want to be able to pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me all over this room? Maybe that's you. You would say, I know what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm drained because the people have taken it from me, and life has taken it, and I've done some things, and I want to be filled again. I want to be able to pray for you right where you are. I'm not going to single you out. Just If that's you, just lift up your hand right where you are. Just, yes, God bless you. Hands going up all over. God bless you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. We're going to pray in just a minute. Put your hands down. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I've never received that. I've never had that wedding invitation. I've never said yes to Jesus. I've never received his forgiveness. And know what it's like to be truly free. That's you. No one's looking around. I'm not going to make you stand up or signal, single you out in any way. If that's you, I just want to pray with you. If that's you, you'd say, yes, just lift up your hand. I want to receive Jesus. God bless you. Yes. Yes. God bless you in the back. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Who else? I want to know what it's like to be free. Yes. So good. We're going to pray two prayers today. And, and to encourage those that have made this decision to follow Jesus, let's pray this way. Everybody out loud all over this room. Let's say it this way. Say, Lord Jesus Christ. I surrender my life to you. I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior. So I ask you to come into my heart. Wash me of my sins. Forgive me and make me new. Now I want you to pray this prayer all over this house because we're going to ask the Lord to baptize us. And it's simple, just like that. A nice, simple gift that Jesus has made for us that we can receive his Holy Spirit say it this way all over this house if you want to receive the Holy Spirit this morning say Lord God fill me with your spirit empower me with your gift and baptize me now in your Holy Spirit in Jesus name Father I thank you Lord God that you've given us such an amazing gift a gift of your Holy Spirit to do powerful and incredible things 
I thank you, Lord, for filling us now. And I thank you, Lord God, for the death of your son. Now that you have empowered us, we expect to walk out of here in power and in boldness. In Jesus' name, if you believe that prayer, I want you to give God praise like never before. Come on, give God praise in this house. Come on. Hey, come on, let's thank Pastor Tom as well. Can we just give it up for Pastor Tom this morning too? Thank you, Pastor.